the lesson that we need to remember. Okay, first of all, you can't save anyone. This is Jesus' job. Right. You may get to be a part of this redemptive story, but guess what? It's not all on you. We all need to know that. Yeah, and there's such a big difference between being like available. Yes. Like right. if someone wants to talk, if someone yeah, asks you questions, yeah. like that's probably right. the intent there. Be available, be ready. But that's so much different than all right, yeah. call in your number, kid. Get in the game. Like <laughs> yeah. and hit the game winning shot. If you miss exactly everything is lost. Welcome to Real FM Rewind, the side where we hit the rewind button to catch up and pause to go a little deeper. Here's Anson, Kara, and Zoe. Hey friends, welcome back to Real FM Rewind. B-side, it's Anson, Kara, and Zoe. I don't know why I say it in that order. I think because Anson and I are on the show together. And, and I'm I'd just say here. Anson and Kara. Yeah, I know. No, I get it. It's no, fine. No, no, yeah. it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean for that. <laughs> it's okay. No, you said the quiet part out loud. No. Just <laughs> Anyway, we're here again, and Zoe's going to kick us off with On Repeat this week. Yep, I'm talking about Glory by Sean Rodriguez and Holly Hallowell. Which for me is hard to say. I don't know if it's just me, but every time I announce it, I trip over my mouth every time. It's a lot of L's. Holly Hollowell. Yeah, and then an I in there too is Holly Hollowell. (laughs) So I'm sorry, Hollowell. I'm I'm so sorry. Um, Anyway, so of course I had to do some digging into who these people are because I've never heard of them. And I'm like, who's Sean Rodriguez and who's Holly (laughs) Hollowell? So I looked them up and Sean was described as a rising star poised for a fresh season of music and ministry oh Oh. yes so i guess he used to go by the name sean b-e so he changed it uh so now he's being recognized as sean rodriguez honoring his grandfather who was a pastor pastor rodriguez who is very involved in an inner city church in denver Cool. And so he wants to continue in his like footsteps and honor him by changing his name his like stage name yeah legal name so he's continuing this like ministry work but you know in his musical mm-hmm. efforts. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then Holly, she co-wrote Glory, the song that I'm talking about with Sean and her husband, Walter Hollowell. Uh, <laughs> so lots of people involved. But the singer-songwriter herself, she's very passionate for Jesus. And due to the pandemic, she had some setbacks. But mm. now she's picking up some real steam. I guess she's got a huge following on TikTok. And so, yeah, she's had a few singles that have been doing well. And so now here she is with Sean Rodriguez and I really connected with this song and I'll, I'll get into why but first the music video the like lyric video opened with this quote and I was like oh yeah. I wasn't expecting that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna read this so it says modern culture idolizes self-glorification ultimately we are not made to bear the weight of the glory that we desire there is only one worthy of it all. Mm. Doesn't say who said that. It's just there. So I'm going to assume okay. this is from them. From them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a quote from a Their philosopher or something. Right. Uh, yeah. The uh, first verse like kicks things off with it. Like, you know, we want attention. We want eyes in our direction. We like the lights, the numbers, in love with our own reflections. And it's all going to this point in the chorus where we're chasing the glory. And in the rap portion of the song, it's centering our focus again to God who deserves the glory and describes like God's character, who he is and why he's deserving all this glory. So kind of a shifting. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really interesting because, you know, we live in the world of social media, which I think is where this song is kind of Mm -hmm. pointed at. And hey, we're doing all these things, selfies and these apps and all these things. Like, why are we doing all this? And I think it's very interesting too 
having Holly write this song, knowing that she's got a huge following on right. TikTok. Mm. And yeah. so this song it came to me at a very interesting point in my life right now where I'm trying to do this thing where I'm launching my brand, you know, and be <laughs> a podcaster and be a radio personality, you know, and yeah, like yeah. be on Instagram and do the movie things and all this stuff that I'm pursuing. And then I think about it sometimes. And I'm like, OK, well, why am I doing this? Is this for me? Is this for God? How do I tell the difference? Yeah, how do you? Question. Yeah, how do how question. do I do this? Because like I genuinely don't want to do something that's not for God. Mm-hmm. So like I'm trying to figure out how do I know the mm. difference? Are the things that I'm pursuing and building my brand <laughs> and all the stuff that I want to create and all the stuff I want to do to get more followers, get more eyeballs on my podcast? Is that a self centered? pursuit to want to grow this aspect of my career and my life and see it grow into something? Or is that just for me? Mm. Is that also to give to God? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to figure out the answer. So this song, definitely, I was like, oh, this makes me more confused a little bit, but also it's a really good message that I think we all need. I guess the question this song leads me to is what's the answer? Like this song Mm. almost poses a question, right? Mm. Okay. Let's get off our phones. Let's get off social media. But then how do we use the tools of social media to spread ministry, to spread mm. hope and, you know, God's glory through these tools? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a little torn. That's a good question. But it's a very good song. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good one. I like the sound of it. I was listening to yeah. this last week and I was almost torn on choosing this one over the yeah. last week. So <laughs> it's a good it's, song. It's a good one. We interrupt this program to bring you a pause. It's my turn to press pause this week. And I am going to press pause and talk about something a a little more serious this week. We've been kind of having some fun. I feel like that. Well, not last week. I guess we talked about sanctification last week. No fun. No, No, not at at all. all. We never have fun on this podcast. (laughs) No, (laughs) I make sure of it. We have... We have fun, whatever we're talking about. But uh, this week, I came across an article by Addie Zierman, who is an uh, author I've read some over the years. And I was actually kind of surprised to see her name pop up again. I haven't read her in a while. She grew up in a very similar background um, to me and my evangelical youth group culture back in the 90s and early 2000s. So we have some similar experiences. And she actually wrote a whole book called When We Were on Fire about some of her youth group days and some of the hard things about that time of her life and some of the wrestling that she had to do as a young adult to kind of reckon with Mm. some of the like, that maybe wasn't so healthy. This thing that I was taught, this thing that I came away with, as we talked about on the show this week. There's a lot of fun things that come with youth group. There's a lot of good memories I have making really good friends, going on mission trips, staying up way too late, eating (laughs) way too much sugar, lots of good memories, lots of good experiences and growth. But I also think just naturally that time in our life where we're young and we're a little bit inexperienced, we may absorb some messages, maybe not what was intended to be passed to us. We may end up deciding like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And so this article that she wrote this week was about things that she has had to unlearn from her youth group days. And I found it very insightful and a good reminder for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of there too. And so it was an interesting discussion we had this week on the show. Uh, One of the biggest things is unlearning this idea that your classmates, your friends, your teachers are going to persecute you for your faith. Mm -hmm. And what that led her to do was to kind of put up this defensive wall around herself, mostly 
in my case, in the form of Christian t-shirts um, <laughs> and walk around her school with just kind of this posture of defensiveness, which in the end pushed people away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is like she had all these answers ready for the, you know, the Christian apologetics for any moment they're going to attack my faith and I'm ready. And it never happened, um, which is interesting. And I think a lot of us maybe that grew up in that time period, <laughs> we learned a lot about apologetics in, in a certain way. And not that apologetics are bad again, or maybe some of the intentions around these things were good. But it, the result was maybe a little bit unhealthy. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, I got sent to the principal's office one time for wearing a T-shirt that said hell on it in big <laughs> flaming letters on the back. <laughs> Me looking at my 13-year-old self today going like, maybe you should have thought that yeah, through a little coming bit. Out a little strong. Just a little, <laughs> a little strong. But that's the kind of thing that like in my mind as a 13 year old, I was like, I am witnessing if right. this is me evangelizing. And it's like, <laughs> well, or you're just scaring people real bad um, and no one wants to talk to you. So there's that. Oh. And again, like good intentions, all of that. Sure. But this is a real thing that sometimes some of our worst mistakes come out of good intentions. Exactly. Yeah. So we need to recognize those we things need to and learn rec- from them. Right? Yeah, we need to recognize and say, OK, maybe instead of looking at everyone in the world as us versus them, maybe I need to look around and say, where can I see the image of God in these people? Where can I recognize our similarities? I have some of the same struggles that they do. How can I identify with them so we can build a relationship so that they'll be willing to listen if an opportunity comes up to talk about Jesus? That's a novel thought. That's a really good one. You know, I've been reflecting on this a little bit since you talked about it on our live show a couple days ago. And one of the things that occurred to me is I was like, I feel like a lot of this at least on this issue is rooted in fear so much, right? Like there's, there's just this fear of like, yeah, I'm not going to be prepared. I'm going to be made a fool Mm, of people are going to ask me questions. I don't know the answers to Mm -hmm. or criticize me in ways that Mm -hmm. I don't know how to, you know, rebut or whatever. Yes. And I think there's uh, just a lot of fear there. Mm -hmm. And then that results Mm -hmm. in kind of this like, all right, well then I'm going to put up this like super tough kind of exterior and be really defensive but you're right. I think that results in pushing people away. Yeah. Uh, and when we grow a little more in like the confidence of our faith, I think as we get older and more mm. spiritually mature, I think maybe we become a little bit more okay with the idea that we might not know all the answers yes. and that sometimes, yeah, people may confront us with things and we don't quite know what to do with. Yeah. And that, yeah, that can be a little scary or a little nerve wracking, but like Mm. It just is what it is, you know, and like yeah. we, we're a little more accepting of that reality. That's true. And maybe feel a little less of that, like pressure to like mm. be ready to, you know, that's so fight true. back as soon as someone like jumps out at us or something. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I think fear from a different angle has a lot to do with another one that she talked about, another lesson she's had to unlearn. And that is that your friend's salvation hinges on how well you defend the gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or just how well you explain it or how much you, you know, I, mm. I there were so many skits, you guys. There were so many skits, <laughs> heaven's gates, hell's flames, <laughs> where people ended up in heaven with the car accident and the friend and the, you didn't tell me about Jesus. Oh, God. Like, how dare you? I cannot tell you how many of these I saw. And so the uh, did you ever have any of the like Halloween? Like, yes. What are they called? I don't know. Like, heaven's gates, hell's flames. Yeah, I think that's okay. what they're they called. They were like yeah. haunted houses. They were like, oh, I, I like, know. Instead of like yeah. the Christian replacement for a haunted house like you go through and like (laughs) you witness this terrible car accident and then you go into like another scene and you see where some people ended up oh 
my where God. the other people ended up. Okay, and it's no, supposed we to be didn't do that one. Too. Oh, okay. yeah, that's It's a big that's thing back terrible. in the like, wow. 90s and 2000s. Right. Wow. And the, the result of that, I think, again, is this enormous fear and pressure and guilt of like, if I don't do this right, all my friends are going to hell and it's all up to me. So again, I think the point of all of that saying the lesson that we need to remember or we need to teach kids, we need to teach ourselves is, okay, first of all, you can't save anyone. Mm. This is Jesus job. Right. You may get to be a part of this redemptive story, but guess what? It's not all on you. We all need to know that. And there's such a big difference between being like available. Yes. Like right. if someone wants to talk, if someone yeah, asks you questions, yeah. like that's probably right. the intent there. Be available, be ready. But that's so much different than like, all right, we're yeah. calling your number, kid. Get in the game. Like <laughs> yeah. and hit the game winning shot. If you miss, yes, like exactly. everything is lost. Yeah. yeah. That is how it felt. <laughs> it's not like God's in heaven. Well, maybe I'm wrong here, but I was thinking <laughs> it's not like God's counting a score and like right. your salvation's dependent on your number. It's not an MLM, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, I was listening to you tell this on the radio, Kara, and uh-huh. I resonated with that one you just mentioned, like that your friend's salvation is like not on you because mm. I didn't have the weird hell's heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was not my high school experience. But That's when good. I was like much younger, so I'm talking like second, third grade. Okay, yeah. I was in public school and I felt like this intense pressure going to public school. Okay, mm. I am the good one here uh-huh. and it's my job in this public school uh-huh. to share Jesus. Uh-huh. And so I would have conversations with my fellow third graders and I was real hyped for Jesus and was like, you are going to hell. I need to tell you about Jesus. Like, so I can save you. And thankfully those friends continued to be my friends for a few more years, but no, right. It's a miracle. (laughs) It's a miracle. Um, but you know, in high school, homeschooled was in a Christian environment. So that wasn't anymore. Like it it changed and I got older. And so I realized, okay, it's more about relationship. And I think there is like, we should be on fire for Jesus. We should be like listening to the Holy Spirit for when he calls upon us to like reach out to people. But I think the biggest way that we can like share the gospel and share Jesus and, you know, that they could learn about Jesus is through relationship and through like community efforts and helping the people who are in broken environments and in broken situations. And if the church swoops in and is like, hey, we're going to love on you. We're not like pressuring you we're not cornering you we're not telling you right. like hell and brimstone and everything we're just gonna show you who jesus is right and then as they come and have questions like why are they being so nice to me like they're different why mm-hmm. are they different and then god can do his thing right, right? that's right. like my approach to it but yeah like i totally understand the way yeah. that culture was when i was growing up and clearly when you were growing up is mm-hmm. not necessarily like that or it's just different and kids brains are different like i, I get know. it oh yeah there's there's probably a lot of factors there yeah. some cultural some just i've heard it said kids are the best recorders and the poorest interpreters there's, <laughs> there's that that's good um <laughs> but i think all around it's good to reevaluate some of these things and just say okay god what do you really say and ultimately to remember okay, Jesus is running the ship, not me. Like that's the most hopeful thing I think I can remember and relearn from my Mm -hmm. youth group days. Fast forward. All right. I've got fast forward this week and I thought I would switch it up just a little bit for today. Uh, A lot of times we talk about something that we're looking forward to in the coming days or in the coming weeks, but I was reflecting on something today. I had seen a question asked somewhere online. What is one thing that you look forward to 
that happens basically every single day. Aww. And I was like, that's a really fun question. That is a fun question. And so I was reflecting on that, and I'm telling you that question now. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask you in just a oh, moment if man. anything oh, comes to mind. I immediately had an answer, okay, but it great. was really sad. <laughs> oh. It's right, <laughs> we'll really get, lame, we'll I guess. You know, it was a lame answer. I'll know. think of a better one. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah, so I was thinking about, all right, what's something, yeah, that I look forward to that happens on a recurring basis? And it could be a really small little thing. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. That's good. The thing that came to mind for me is getting home from work, walking in the door, and I, I still have one kid who is young enough Aww. that he is desperate to see me every time that I get home. Aww. And it's like the best feeling in the world. That's so sweet. And you like walk in the door and your four-year-old like comes running around the corner Aww, and yes. like, Dad, you're home! And it's like, this is like the best moment of my day. Right? Uh, and my dog's there too, and sometimes that's nice yeah. and sometimes he's alive. <laughs> But the four-year-old, like that one never gets old. Uh, And I have a 12-year-old and an eight-year-old who occasionally do this, but not as consistently anymore. Right? It it starts to get a little less consistent. They're too Usually I walk in and they're busy doing something and they don't Mm. notice that I've walked in. Uh, And even my wife, like I love her and she is wonderful, but she's a lot of times cooking dinner or something or trying to manage everything going on in the house. So it's really fun though (laughs) to come in and have like one little person be like, yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Aww, it just feels yeah. really good. So that's one of the favorite parts of my day that I look forward to pretty much every single day. So what <gasps> comes to one. mind for you guys? Anything? A similar one for me, except it's cats, not kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. silly, but um, I really like coming home and I'll walk in the door and I'll say, hello, family. And usually, you know, my husband's there and he'll say, hey. And then the cats will usually come and greet me mm-hmm. at the door. And yeah. if I sit, Gilbert is so cute. He's the youngest. If I sit down to take off my shoes, a lot of times he'll be on my lap already. Yeah. Like that quick. Right there. So that's always a good feeling. Like, oh, they're happy to see me. Mm. And they oh, kind of yeah. follow me to the bedroom when I, you oh, know. Yeah changing to comfy clothes and they're kind of like what are you doing mom right so <laughs> i feel like they're happy to see me and that makes me happy and it signals like the start of the evening of like yeah. kind of like ah oh, we're like the shifting into relaxing mode yeah, yeah so i feel like that's that it's kind of a signal to my brain like all right cool we that's made a good it. one too yeah yeah similar similarly i have two cats yeah and every time i come home yeah they run isn't it fun run to the door run. yeah run <laughs> and so it's so cute when they come up and you know they're they greet me and they're yeah. super sweet and so that's always really sweet but i was when originally when anson asked his question mm-hmm. the first thing that popped into my head was yeah, iced coffee uh, yeah. oh that's not lame. iced coffee that's i was like that is what gets me out of bed is like knowing no, i can I, have an iced coffee and feel yeah like a human that was a common one this uh, like is, reddit yeah. thread that i was looking at when people sad, were talking though, about that this it's coffee <laughs> no a lot of people are like my morning yeah, cup of same. coffee like in the morning it's kind of my quiet place kind of my opportunity yeah. to stop and get ready for the day yeah you know some other ones that i thought of is um, going out for like my morning run mm, something i actually yeah. look forward to because mm. it wakes me up i get to listen to my audiobook you know mm-hmm. so that can That's be fun. a big one that moment of slipping into bed at That's night what, i was thinking of that one too another one That's that one of my favorites, nice, especially on the days where i know i'm not on take the kids to school duty the yeah. next morning so i'm gonna <laughs> sleep in just a little bit longer that's a good one i think just my takeaway as i was thinking about this was just there's nothing wrong with looking forward to bigger things in life right yeah. the stuff that's coming in a few days a few weeks a few months a few years but I think we spend so much time looking forward to those mm-hmm. things that sometimes we lose the present, right? Yes. The present. And I think one way to appreciate that a little more is thinking about what are the things that I look forward yeah. to on a regular basis. Aww. And maybe if you do that, you realize there are more of them than you might think. That's yeah. a really you know, good point. Each day, yeah. if you stop and think about it. So that like was encouraging that. to me. 
Hmm. Well, whatever you're looking forward to today, savor it when you get there. And uh, we'll look forward to hanging with you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>